You call me up again just to break me like a promise. <laughs> so casually cruel in the name of being honest. I'm a crumpled up piece of paper lying here. Anyway, um, so should we talk about this movie? <laughs> yeah, we should get started. <laughs> You had me at... Hell no! Hello, and welcome to You Had Me at Hell No. I'm Mel. I'm Allie. And thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you're new, welcome to the chaos for the first time. And if you're returning, welcome back to the chaos. And on this podcast, we talk about movies that center around romance and why we love a genre that hates us. Mm -hmm. We talk about rom-coms, dramas, erotic thrillers. If romance is central to the plot, we're talking about it, dude. Oh, yeah. Um, Even though that's not our go-to genre. Melanie, what do you like to watch, dear? I love to watch horror. Anything spooky, sign me the fuck up. What about you? I like a good action movie to, like, chill out. Um, I will say The Transporter was on TV this weekend. I was in a hotel. You sent me a message about it. Yeah, I didn't finish it. A, because I'd seen it before. B, because I was tired. And C, because what the hell is that movie? Why was uh, that a thing? Why was that a th- Why is this a recurring theme in movies where it's like, I'm in love with this guy because he's the nicest of my kidnappers. What? Uh, Stockholm Syndrome. Which I think Final has been answer. disproven. I think has been disproven. Has it? I think so. Anyway. Um, well, then what about Patricia Hearst? That's, well, that bitch is a rich actually, liar. She's a rich actually, liar. Well, hold on. I'm just thinking back because maybe I misspoke because I listened to an episode of Cult Podcast about her situation and um, her kidnappers alleged that she was in love with one of them, and she alleged that it was because of survival that she had to pretend to like him. See, so I, I, I just answered my own question. I Sorry. believe that. Thank you. I believe that. I believe her on that. Anyway, now that we've talked about Patty Hearst, I'm sorry I called her a rich liar. You looked hot as shit, babe. Wearing that beret, hell yeah. Wow, yeah. Hell truly. yeah. Honestly, if I have to ever have to be a part of one of those things, I'm saying give me that beret. I'm hol- if I you have mean to hold- get kidnapped by a cult? If I have to hold a gun, you better give me a beret. That's fair. I see that for you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, anyway, today we're not talking about um, Patty Hearst. We're talking about... We could about- be talking about anything farther from Patty Hearst. <laughs> uh, we're talking about 1993 Nora Ephron film, Sleepless in Seattle. Um, <sighs> but while I like action and Melanie likes horror, we have somebody with us who... Um, Takes joy in different things. Our sound engineer, Tiffer. Hi, Tiff! Hey! Hi, Allie. That's a very, very nice way to say, here's somebody who spends a lot of time online. (laughs) Here's the thing, we do too, but we just do different stuff. Like, you're being a little more proactive than we are. Yeah, you're like learning things and doing things and You're like learning and and creating, and meanwhile- And we're just watching movies. Yeah. Again, a very, very kind way to put uh, just- Always on Wikipedia. Okay. All right. Sorry. I'll redo it. Here, Here's our dork bitch friend. <laughs> yeah, our Better. stupid dum-dum. Thank you. Tiffy, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, Allie. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Okay. Have you heard of Sleepless in Seattle? Have you seen this before? I have, and I <gasps> have... I have seen it. So it's Gabby's, not her favorite movie. I was talking about it with her beforehand, actually. I was trying to guess the, the plot. And I wasn't getting it right. So oh no. What he... do you think the plot is, babe? Oh no. Okay, so it's Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Correct. All-star cast, as Bro. Gabby emphasized to me mm-hmm. twice. Um, I'm just I'm just doing the synopsis for I you. really love Gabby Except I she... Oh God, how do they... She hears him on the radio somehow, but I forget mm-hmm. how he gets on the radio. I was like, does he call in? And she's like, no, he doesn't. And I'm like then how the fuck does he get on the radio? <laughs> That's the part I can't remember. Well, 
I mean, you're right close about enough. that. Close enough. You're close enough. I, I think this is a good one, babe. This I'm is... just going to have to wait till the edit to find out, I guess. Okay. It's okay. That's okay. You it's did okay, your best, huh? and that's all we can ever ask from you. And that's and, that, and guess what? And you give us your best every time, and we always appreciate it, hon. Wow. Gee whiz. Thanks, guys. Oh, heck. <laughs> oh, heck. What the heck in the world? Um. <laughs> um. Okay, so this has been... Tiffers pop culture osmosis. Boop, 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 boop. Thanks, Tiff. Uh, it's always yeah, good to you. hear from you. We we it's so good. It's it's good to have the gang back together again. Truly, it's like that. It's like that. Um, Janet Jackson song, "Together Again." All right. So today we're talking about Sleepless in Seattle. Oh boy, Nora Ephron. We're back with Nora Ephron. Nora Ephron you- wrote. Um, are the the very first movie we ever talked about on this podcast when Harry met Sally, and it was another Meg Ryan. Also, Rob Reiner was in Sleepless in Seattle for a little well, bit. He was, and he directed when Harry met Sally. Nora wrote and directed this, so I had no idea this was another Nora Ephron movie until you said really? something earlier. Yeah, it's so good, which I, makes sense because this movie, this movie is so good, Allie. I don't movie, know if you agree, but like this, I agree. This was. Trey Amosh. I this movie was so good and it made me feel it just reminded me of like, oh yeah, Nora Ephron really was like the best. Like she's so yeah. she was so good. The yeah. opening shot of this movie, I was like, oh come on. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, because it opens. Should we just get right into it? Yeah, let's dive deep. Okay. So Tom Hanks is a father, his wife has just died, and the first shot we see is him and his son on a hill looking at a tombstone uh, of uh, a cemetery, obviously. And he's just sort of talking about how, like, you know, mommy got sick and it was real quick and we're all just going to try to do our best. Mm-hmm. And then the camera sort of pans up and then it, you see, like, the whole city and you see that there's other people at the funeral. And it's just such a nice way to kind of intro A, these two characters, how they feel, this father and son dealing with this great tragedy, but also then kind of literally push them into the rest of the world while they're still dealing with this grief. Yeah. And I, li- I read yeah. it a little differently. I read it as like foreshadowing that they feel so isolated when really they're not like, yeah. it's basically saying like, yes, this kind of situation can make you feel like you're alone, mm-hmm. but you're not alone. You have people yeah. who love you and want to support you. Yes. And they're in Chicago. Rita Wilson is one of their friends. Rita Wilson and Victor Garber are a couple friends. Rita Wilson, Tom Hanks's real life wife. So did they, they meet cute. in this movie or did they meet earlier? I think they met earlier. I think they met earlier. Because I saw her and I was like, that's Rita Wilson. They met earlier because Chet is older than we are. Chet Hanks. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Right. The the most insane thing, but also the thing that makes probably one of the most like it doesn't make sense, but also makes this most sense about America is that um Tom Hanks has three sons. He has a daughter who just does her job and doesn't bother anybody. He has three sons, and one of those sons is Chet Hanks, who is like what even if you don't know who we're talking about, just Google Chet Hanks and that'll tell you pretty much all you need to know. It's wild. But anyway, um, so Rita Wilson, anyway, this movie, Tom Hanks, recently widowed. Um, He's got an eight-year-old son, son. Named Jonah. And, and they live in Chicago. He decides to move. Uh, his son's like seven. Anyway, they decide to move away. He's like, mm-hmm. I got to go somewhere where I'm not always thinking about Maggie. Maggie is his wife that passed. So they moved to Seattle. He's an architect. And it's 18 months later. Um, he lives in Seattle with Jonah. It's just the two of them. And in Baltimore, we see uh, Meg Ryan, who plays Annie. Right. And, and this she, is, at this point, yeah. totally unrelated. Totally unrelated. Totally separate. Do not connected to each other at this point. She is getting ready to go to the Christmas party with her fiance, Walter, played by Bill Pullman. And they announce at this Christmas party that they're engaged and they're kind of like up at like hoity toity. I don't know. This scene genuinely really made me laugh. Um, 
like Walter is allergic to everything. Uh. And they're at dinner with her family. And one of her relatives, played by Francis Conroy, like is married to this man <laughs> named Harold. And this man is so stone-faced. And he goes, I'm allergic to bees. And Francis Conroy goes... Harold is allergic to every type of bee. <laughs> and I, I thought that was so funny, though, because when they're walking, when Meg Ryan and Bill Pullman are walking up the stairs to, like, meet her family, Annie and um, Walter are the characters, she's like, oh, and this is my sister-in-law. She's extremely competitive. <laughs> and she, like, makes this comment about how she'll, like, try and one-up you on everything. I and he- didn't even make that connection i yeah. just thought it was funny the way she said it oh my god yeah because he's like yeah well, i'm allergic to all this stuff and he's like i'm allergic to bees." she goes yeah he's so allergic we had to carry an at like a, an EpiPen uh, everywhere yeah. we went and meg ryan's like yeah cool no one cares like yeah <laughs> it was I'm funny to so many kinds of bees um and it was it was i thought it was endearing i think walter's a cutie patootie also i love bill pullman we love bill pullman this is a pro bill pullman podcast he's allergic to everything I, uh, everyone in her family and even Meg Ryan a little bit, I I think she does it more when she's like around Walter and kind of around her family. I think they come from like, I don't know, a fancy breed of people or they come from money or whatever, but I think they're just waspy. They're wasp, but they all have this like almost mid-Atlantic accent. At at one point, her mother goes, fiddle-dee-dee, fiddle-dee-dah. Yeah, like, that's I've I've literally <laughs> never heard any human being say that before in my life, uh, ma'am. All right, but anyway, they're so excited that she's getting she's getting married to this guy. Um, and at one point, her mom is showing her her grandmother's wedding dress and seeing if it fits. And talking, she's her mother is talking about how she just knew when she met Meg Ryan's father, like he, you know, they spent time together, and it was just. It was immediate. It was just magic. And I just knew. And Meg Ryan's like, knew what? She's like, you know, it's what like what you have with Walter. And Meg Ryan's kind of quiet. And this starts a sort of theme in the movie of other people, of, of Meg Ryan realizing she doesn't, it, it's, she, she does love Walter. She really likes Walter. But she does not feel magic with Walter. She doesn't, um, it's a lot of her trying to like convince herself not, con- not even convince herself because she likes Walter. She likes spending time with Walter. She feels comfortable in her life with Walter, but she doesn't feel like magic or spark for him. And it's right. her trying and- to like wrestle with the fact mm-hmm. that she may not believe in that, but maybe she does want that. I thought it was really similar to Imagine Me and You. Agreed. Yes. And it was for, the same for listeners, if mm-hmm. you haven't heard that episode, go listen to it because that's mm-hmm. one of our all time favorite movies we've ever done on this pod. Correct. But. The two, the love interests in that film, one of them gets married to her best friend, who's a man, and she's talking about how love is, like, warm and comforting and, like, you don't have to worry about it. And she Mm -hmm. gets challenged by Luce, the other character who she ends up falling in love with. And Luce, she says, well, love is passionate. It's not, it's not, it's not that it's not boring. It's that. When you're you know. when you know you're in love with someone, you just feel it. Like you can't yeah. really explain it. You just feel it. And I really got the sense that that was that was a big thing in this film. And that's something that Tom Hanks also is wrestling with because he's just like, I had that with my late wife. I don't know how I could ever find that again. Right. So where the stories start to start to connect, they're gonna go. Bill Pullman and Meg Ryan are gonna go to his parents. They're gonna drive up from Baltimore to DC to his parents for Christmas. And she's like, Oh, I forgot this in the car and in the house here. I'll drive behind it. They took separate cars. Which I thought was weird that they took separate cars, but I also thought it was weird. Uh, It's because they live together in her cute little cottage core house. Yeah. But also she's like, Oh, I didn't want him to have to drive. I have to drive back to Baltimore the next day or whatever. I guess she wanted him to spend time with his family. I don't even know. A lot of, a lot of excuses. But a she's, lot of excuses. She's driving, driving in the car, and she's and she flips onto the radio, and she hears mm-hmm. a program that's basically like the fake version of Doctor Laura. It's like Doctor Marsha yeah. or something. It's like Doctor Marsha. It's like Delilah meets Doctor Laura. Laura, and um, it, this little boy calls in, and it's Jonah, the boy. He's the son of Tom Hanks, and he's like, they're. It's like calling with your Christmas wish. Wish, 
Your Christmas Witch. The Christmas Witch is a movie I would watch. I would absolutely watch a movie called The Christmas Witch. Look, when Netflix produced it, would it star Vanessa Hudgens? Would we? Would it be probably not good? Yeah. Would we watch it? Yeah. 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 Yes, we would. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> she's like, "What's your Christmas wish?" She's like, "I want my dad to find a new wife. He's sad all the- like he's very sad. He doesn't sleep." And. Uh, Dr. Marsha convinces him to get Tom Hanks to get on the phone. And what I love is we're seeing Meg Ryan respond to it. And it's like, what the audience is also feeling like, oh, you awful woman, like manipulating this child and spilling all this stuff on the radio. Anyway, Tom Hanks answers, gets on the phone, and he starts talking to the woman, the radio host. And he and, and Meg Ryan are kind of saying the same things at the same time. Yeah, it's very like, uncanny because yeah. I forget exactly what they say, but the mm-hmm. way that it's shot is so well done. Because first, you see Tom Hanks and his son, and Tom Hanks, he makes a comment. He's like, oh, that'll never happen, yeah. or something like that. And then yeah. it cuts, and the next thing you see is Meg Ryan hearing him say that. And so Dr. Marsha asks him a question, and they both go, that'll never happen. And she yeah. pauses and like is like, whoa, we yeah. both said oh, the sure same thing. Do. Yeah, it's a lot of that. And um, in it, at one point, Tom Hanks kind of keeps going and he starts talking about his wife and what he loves about her and what he misses her. And he mentions, like, I just sort of I just knew like I was I held her hand to help out, help her out of a car. And it was just like magic. <sighs> and as he says magic, Meg Ryan also says magic. And. It's just very moving and it's like heartbreaking. And he's also sitting, his kid is like falling asleep in his laugh, lap at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the relationship between Tom Hanks and his son in this movie is so good. It's so sweet. And I thought it was it got me, pretty I got realistic very too. Very realistic. And like, <clears throat> honestly, I can watch Tom, Tom Hanks as a dad. He's America's dad. I'll watch Tom Hanks sweet interact with a child any goddamn day of the week. I love He's it. America's him, dad. Yeah. He truly. He him playing like a concerned father figure. Hell yeah. All day. That's what I'm here for. That's what America is here for. Um I don't want to see him trapped on a boat. I don't want to <laughs> see him trapped on an island. I don't want to see I don't want I I don't want that. I don't I don't want to see my dad on a boat trap I should text my dad. <laughs> 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 but <sighs> I don't but it's it's so sweet. Anyway, so Meg Ryan, like everybody else, is like kind of obsessed. Like she even stops in a diner on the way there, and like basically, women all over the country are obsessed with Tom Hanks now. Right, and they like get two thousand women. They said yeah. two thousand women called the radio station to like get his information. Yeah, and then we find out later that his son gave them their address, so he receives. Hundreds of letters, yeah, from women being like, "I would go out with you. I would be your wife." Blah blah blah, yeah. mm-hmm. which is weird in and of itself. But, but here's but the thing: Annie, yeah, is just so struck by it, and she's kind of like, "Oh well, you know, whatever." I it's this is a weird experience. And she goes into work. She's a reporter. She works at like a local paper. Rosie O'Donnell is her editor. Mm-hmm. Um and. <laughs> They bring it up in the meeting, and she's like, oh, yeah, I heard that radio program. Um, yeah. And Rosie's like, great, you're writing a story about it. Great, yeah. And then this is the thing where they bring up – and this is something I think they actually mention in The Holiday, but it's that fake yes. statistic. And I, what I love is that in this movie, they call out how this statistic is bullshit and how it's been disproven or whatever. Yes. But it's that thing of, like, you're more likely to be killed by a terrorist. Like, a woman is more likely to be killed by a terrorist than be married over the age of 40. Which is patently um, false. Yeah. And I love it because they call it out in the movie of, like, that's not true. And it, and it happens twice in the movie. It happens first yeah. with Meg Ryan and Rosie O'Donnell, where the two male coworkers in that meeting are like, yeah, that's a t- the statistic. And both of them are like, that's really not true. There's, like, an entire yeah. body of work disproving that. And then yeah. later on in the movie, when Victor Garber and Rita Wilson mm-hmm. are visiting Tom Hanks and Jonah, mm-hmm. I think Victor Garber is pl- plays Tom Hanks's brother. It's his brother and his sister-in-law. Is I, that how they're related? Okay. I think so. Okay. And and Victor Garber brings that up and Rita Wilson's like, no, straight up yeah. no. So no. And I love how that was done in this film written by Nora Ephron. 
where it's said not once but twice and said to be false. Whereas in The Holiday, which I think is Nancy Myers. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, oh no, she's so alone and single because she's older. Like, no effort is made to, to like, not even... She uses no. a fake statistic and doesn't even, like, say that it's a fake statistic. No, what she does is she backs up. She says, now we have real terrorists, which is like, ma'am? Oh. As opposed to fake terrorists? When were we... Um, ma'am? Um, and again, I don't want this to become a thing of, like, pitting two women against each other. Because, like, they're different women who make different types of movies. Um, yeah, well, we've talked like, about this before, is that Nora Ephron but, is more visceral and Nancy Myers is like, what if I wore a beige oatmeal-colored sweater and I had a pool? Truly. It's, it's what if I had a cream-colored kitchen and I met Keanu Reeves at a, fa- a farmer's market? Yeah. And, <laughs> I, and look, there's nothing wrong with either of those things. No. It's just, I feel like both of us, our sensibilities tend to be... And I think both of us have enjoyed Nancy Meyers' movies in the past, but, like, truly, I think we tend to be more on the Nor Ephron vibe. I um, mean, I'll say, my personal opinion, I'm not a big fan of Nancy Meyers, but that's also because I got my first period while wearing white pants in the movie theater while watching Something's Gotta Give. That so, would turn you off. I yeah. do like Nancy Myers, uh, The Parent Trap. She did The Parent Trap? Yes. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That's a great Which, movie. I know. I watched it with, uh, I, it was like a Zoom watched earlier, like early in the pandemic. And um, Natasha Richardson came down the stairs and I started sobbing. <laughs> oh. oh. I started crying. Maybe sobbing is too, but I, I guess I was pretty close. I was crying. It was like real tears, and I didn't anticipate that happening. Um, this is unrelated to what the movie we're talking about, but truly, Natasha Richardson really sad dressed, that she died. Really said it was. It was just purely. It was both about Natasha Richardson, how she had passed away, and how wonderful she was, and how what a great actress, and like what a good presence, and also she looked. Like, she had the same haircut and outfit as, like, my mom. She looked so much like my mother in this moment that it was like, oh! And also, it was, like, month four of the pandemic. So, it was when we really... So, all of us were all really sad. We're already at, like, an... We're already at, like, a a, a, a nine on a regular basis. And then I watched The Parent Trap and was like... Oh, I was fine. I'm so sorry. Uh, No, but then I also laughed very hard at other moments. Um, Can okay? Can I bring? Sorry, talk to me me, right now. No, tell me about the moments that you laughed at, and then I want to bring something up that's not very fun. Oh, um, really? I just laughed. To be honest, it wasn't like what did I laugh? It was mostly like just nostalgia. It was like if anything, it was like. It wasn't even just specific moments where it's like, yes, that is funny. It was an overall feeling of like, oh, this is fun. Like, I remember watching this as a kid and feeling just joy and like, oh, it is fun to have friends and pull, not pranks, but like, it would be fun to have a butler or like a house woman. Yeah. And somehow they're both gay, but they are a couple. I don't know how to explain it, but like. Lavender marriage. Yeah, but they also are fucking. It's hard to explain. Like, they're both, like, they're gay, but they are fucking. They're I don't rolling know how to with the homies. They're just doing what makes them happy. Sexuality is a beautiful spectrum. Anyway, what was the sad thing you were going to say? So, this scene really struck me, and it, like, made me really upset. Um, oh. It's before what? Tom Hanks and his son, his name is Sam, before Sam mm-hmm. and Jonah moved to Seattle. Oh, After yeah. the funeral, he's at work. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I think it's his boss just comes up to him and says, here's the card for my shrink. Right. And then he has this moment where he reaches into his pocket and Sam pulls out just like a handful of cards being like, this support group, this psychiatrist, people have just been throwing this stuff at me so that I can try to get better and like forget that the love of my life, the mother of my child, just to forget that she's fucking dead. And I've come into work. I do my job because work is going to fix it all. And like, why would, what the hell? Which I thought was an appropriate reaction because your boss shouldn't be, that's quite frankly inappropriate. Um, He's also trying to help. It's just, there's a, it's a rough, 
It's a it's a line no where like if you're friendly yeah. with them already, maybe that's okay. But like for me, I was never like friends with my boss. Mm-hmm. So for I'm me, on, I like to keep that distinction. I understand um, both of their reactions to this. That's fair. But one yeah. thing that I thought about because he was like, "Well, why don't you just take a few weeks off?" And I was like, "Okay, but this man is now a single father and he has to support his child. Can he afford to yeah. take three a few weeks off? Are you going to give him paid leave? Right. Yeah. And that sent me down a rabbit hole and I was like, "Okay, well let's let's talk about paid bereavement leave." And so I remember where I used to work, the they did offer paid bereavement leave. But do you know how many and I looked up the standard across the nation, do you know how many days of paid bereavement leave you get if someone I, in your immediate family passes away? I think I do know and it's comically low, but I want you to say it. Three days. Yeah, I was gonna say three days. Yeah, yeah. which is like and also what? it only includes immediate family members. So that's partner, mm-hmm. spouse, child. Stepchild, it, like, parent, grandparent, that grandchild. That doesn't make sense because, like, that it's a small view of what family is, what family can be, right? How it right. can affect you. Um, three days, bitch. It was like a year when my I I never talk about it, but when my, like here's <laughs> the thing, when my mother passed away, I wasn't myself. I wasn't even close to like a normal person for like a year two years almost like oh, it was yeah it was like a year and a half before i was like oh i think i um i think i i'm starting to feel anything that's why when it said the movie when it picks back up at like 18 months after the funeral i'm like yeah that is when you kind of are almost starting that's an understandable amount of time between when the like loss happens and when yeah. you start to think oh maybe i can or should move forward in this space emotionally and it's also if he had moved during that time it's also an appropriate like adjustment period too for right. moving so mm-hmm. i totally agree he with you to seattle yeah, yeah well the, and the, yeah. the thing about bereavement leave and like maybe this is revealing my hand with my political opinions but i don't really care um and also just for everyone disclaimer i'm not a lawyer no not not a lawyer yet i'm not much. a doctor right but also, the place where I used to work had, like, extended family bereavement leave, which was, like, one day, <laughs> which oh is just, God. like, it just really shows, like, in terms of how workplaces function with leave and accommodation and things like that, I think it's just really indicative of where the United States is at as a society within the framework of late-stage capitalism. Because, like, yeah. my you and I, Allie, I know we disagree about, like, capitalism as a concept but i think we both agree that where we are right now is not good no and i think it says a lot that your workplace will only budget you three days of paid leave if someone in your immediate family dies which is to say that your job is more important than somebody dying yeah and that's not right it's um and oregon is the only state that requires paid bereavement leave. For every other state in the United States, it's either optional for private companies or the federal government, I believe, or the state government usually provides that. But if you work for a private company, they don't have to offer you paid bereavement leave. I'm, I'm just really mad. Okay, so, well, anyway, they're in Seattle. So, so anyway, at this Tom point, Hanks is like, yeah. I should probably start dating. He goes on a date with this woman named Victoria. The kid, I, God, I love this movie. Like the, there are so many sweet moments between the father and the son, and like cute little bits, and they interact. They're so nice to each other. Like, it's such a believable father son relationship, and they're so sweet together, and they spend so much time together. Um, and. But also the there's a scene where he Tom Hanks starts dating this girl named this woman named Victoria who laughs at everything he says. And honestly, this actress did a really great job of having the yeah. most annoying laugh. Yeah, and the thing is, I what, hated what it. I what I love about this though is that like neither of the people that like our protagonists are dating before they start before they're with each other are like bad people. They're not bad people. There's nothing no. wrong with Victoria. There's nothing wrong with uh, Walter. It's just that they're not right for, like, 
these people. And they're it's not kind the of one. clear that yeah, they're not the one. And it's clear that both um, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan are kind of settling because they're lonely or because they want something or because they feel they should have or want this thing. Um, and right. like Victoria, but at the same time, also, they also really like these people. Tom Hanks yeah. really enjoys hanging out with Victoria, and yeah, Jonah fucking hates her. I loved it because I have been this child. Oh, I, I was actually been, thinking about yeah. you when this happened. I was like, maybe yeah. I should ask Allie, like, is this accurate to how you would I'm, act if your parent was dating someone else? I've been this. Oh, I have been this child. I was. Here's the thing. It was different when, it's not only my mom, my mom didn't date a lot, my mom, uh, but like, like, I did want my mom to have a nice relationship with somebody. Um, but also, if there were times where it's, I felt that the person was not the one, and maybe my mom also felt, but like. When I was Jonah's age, like eight-year-old me, if someone hit on my mom, uh-uh, not today. <laughs> We're not friends. I don't care if you bring me a teddy bear. I don't care if you bring me a lollipop. I, I, look, I don't care what you're bringing in. I understand. I, I care about what you're taking away. And you're taking my mother out of the house. Uh-uh. Not yeah. today. Not tomorrow. Not yesterday. I and understand that's why- that. Yeah. Sorry anyway. to interrupt you, but like no, that's but, yeah. I think came through really clearly with the child actor that played Jonah. He's like, that's not the one, right? I know and, this isn't the one. Yeah. Yeah. And Tom and Hanks it, is like, well, it doesn't matter because I like her and yeah. I'm having a good time. And also at this point too, Annie has written a letter to Tom Hanks. She doesn't really know his name. She well, just she didn't send it. She didn't send it. Well, like, yeah, she. So Rosie O'Donnell is at her place, and I think their friendship is actually really lovely. They're like best. I friends. loved it. I loved and, it. It reminded and, me of me and you at times. Honestly. Yeah. Oh, it definitely reminded me yeah. of, of us. And you Which know, Meg I, Ryan's like freaking out, typing this letter, and she's like, "This is the stupidest thing ever." She crumbles it up. Rosie O'Donnell picks it up. Yeah. And she mails it for her. Yeah. So. Jonah the reads kid. the letter and Jonah's mm-hmm. like, I like her. This is, you should read this letter from Annie. Tom Hanks like doesn't really read it the way through. And he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm going out with Vicky because he does this as Tom Hanks is on his way out the door to go on his first date with Vicky. Yeah. And, and the babysitter that Jonah's babysitter looked so much like Liza Minnelli. Yeah. She really had the Liza she Minnelli like bowl a, cut. She looked like a teen Liza Minnelli. So shout out to her. Yeah. Um, and, um, but what's also happening is that Annie is like, cause she's, well, she's been arguing like, oh, I should write an article about this. She's finding out more and more information sort of under the guise of finding out and finding out information for an article about like people who call into these radio stations and to find out more about the sort of sleepless in Seattle story. But and really she she's orders a background finding- check on him. Like she hires yeah. a private eye to like do a full check on him which is kind of creepy because you also know she's kind of doing it because she feels this connection to him and i think the tone of this movie effectively makes it like not so creepy but oh if the tone were different this would be a horror movie and i think at one point they mentioned (laughs) fatal attraction tom hanks mentions fatal attraction (gasps) yeah and Jonah's like, he- you wouldn't let me watch that movie. He's like, well, I watched it and it was scary. Every yeah. man in America was afraid after that movie. I loved that. I loved that part. <laughs> um, I loved it. I was like, Did you see Fatal Attraction? You wouldn't let me see it. <laughs> it's so good. Um, but uh, I loved it. But um, some part, another reason why I felt like it was slightly less creepy is because, I mean, it's this is what we do now. Like, think about this movie now like with social media and i know i sound like i'm a thousand years old right now but like social media with the internet now how often are you finding out as much info as you can about whoever you're about to go on a date with i fully become an fbi agent whenever i go on a date with someone and that's how we that's all a lot of us are that's how we all are now if your friend is like i'm going on a date the first thing you do is like what's their instagram yeah well, I am on a wire hanging down. I didn't I didn't see the first that was really good, Mel. I Thank didn't you. see the first I've only seen two Mission Impossibles. I have successfully not seen any of them because For I hate was, Tom Cruise. Same. Uh same. But they were kind of fun. I, I watched them with friends. We watched there was one with Jeremy Renner, which was like, okay, this is fine. 
and but here's the thing there's one with henry cavill i know that is and it's so really good. tempting me to break my streak he has a mustache and he <gasps> um cocks his arms as if they're guns no he, like he he like to like get ready to punch no henry and um and <sighs> and he he's wearing like a suit and it's i i always think it's funny when henry cavill wears a suit because he's so muscular that it looks kind of funny it's like oh you silly man you're too big for that suit you silly silly boy um <laughs> <laughs> i think we have different ways of thinking about that oh i i think it's funny maybe we've talked about this on this podcast before but I do think it's interesting that uh, there are some people who think Henry Cavill are like, ooh, Superman. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I get it. But I'm like, whatever. The Witcher happens. This bitch shows up filthy in a wig. And he doesn't say anything except for, <gasps> and fuck. That's all he says in The Witcher. And yet I'm like, I see. Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. Tell me more. So, okay. At this point in okay. the movie, Annie goes out to try to Seattle. meet Tom Hanks. So yeah. the way that the way that it kind of happens <gasps> is that Walter this has shit. a Walter has uh. a business trip and she also then is like, "Oh, I'm going on a business trip to Chicago, but really she's going to Seattle." So she lied, but she yeah. and Walter were going to meet up in New York City for Valentine's Day and it was going to yeah. be like a really cute weekend for them. But also in her letter she asks Sam to meet her at the top of the Empire State Building on Valentine's. Just like in the movie called Affair and Affair to Remember. And it's also a through line through the movie of like women are really moved by that yeah. movie. And then men are like, oh, I don't get it. It's a chick movie. And it's, I don't know. There's lots of this movie that I feel really applies or is good for this podcast. A, because this is a great rom-com. Yeah. But also... This podcast is about how we're women who are affected by these types of movies, even though we kind of are a little bummed out by them. But yeah. also, we should I probably to, do an affair to remember at some probably. point. Probably, I yeah. But I do want to say, I like, I like to think that our podcast, as much as we clearly have some slight resentment or whatever, but like we're not mad at anyone. Like part of it is that the men are making fun of the women for being affected or emotionally moved by these movies, and I don't think that's what we do i, I no i, like I don't think we make fun of people for having feelings yeah we don't um but anyway but so anyway, anyway she so what happens this like an affair to remember and so she goes to seattle and what's and, happening is at the airport they don't mm -hmm. know what each other looks like no nope. i don't but uh, they don't know what each other looks like but the, uh sam and jonah are at the airport saying goodbye to victoria victoria is flying out of town for a little bit and as they're about to leave, Annie's flight arrives, and Annie and Sam, their eyes meet. And you can tell there's this look in Tom Hanks's face, and there's also one in, um, uh, uh, I don't think she, and, wait, and, I don't think she saw I think him. She, he I sees oh, her. Oh, wait, you're right. He sees her, you're right. Because she he knows what her. he looks like at this point. <gasps> you're she right, you're right, I'm so him. sorry. No, it's okay. Yes. He sees her. And he's, and he's smitten. He like immediate. even tries to like follow her out of the airport to like say something, but then she gets lost in the crowd. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then she goes to his house to try and see him, but she chickens out and doesn't knock on the door. And then she sees him playing with Jonah on the beach, and, and she's really moved by it. It is, but it's also like very creepy stalker. Yeah. Um. Weird. And then finally, she's parked on you know the road and uh sees him welcoming someone and it's rita wilson so she doesn't yeah. see that professor callahan from legally blonde is in the car with her so <laughs> i forget his name victor uh, garber thank you victor garber <laughs> you said it earlier <laughs> i know i don't know why i forgot um it's okay we love victor garber my here. brain hurts anyway okay. um so all she sees is tom hanks and rita wilson hugging and yeah. she's stopped in the middle of the street and a, tr a mac truck Almost, almost hits her and honks at her really loud so that Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson turn around and he sees her. And he walks up to her and they kind of are just staring at each other and he goes, hello. And she goes, hello. And then, and then she runs away. Staring. Yeah, they're just staring at each other and then she is almost hit by another car and she runs away. 
And so then she's flying. She flies back home, and she's like, "Why did I do that? That was so weird. That was so creepy." He's already like with another person. Like, right? But it's she ridiculous that I was. But doing she this. thinks she thought that Rita Wilson was Victoria because yeah. they both have brown curly hair. And Rosie yeah. O'Donnell points out, like, the woman in this picture, you only see her hair. You don't know if that's the same person. You don't know what yeah. their relationship is. You're making an assumption. Mm-hmm. And then and my, Meg, Meg yeah, Ryan's kind of like, well, you know, I just, this was stupid. I'm going to go see Walter in New York. And she goes to see him. And mm-hmm. she's like, he even points out, he's like, you've been really distant since Christmas. Like, But now you seem like more yourself again like and uh yeah like, and oh, she yeah. she says like yeah i'm feeling more like myself and you know they're th- walking through doing their like registry for their wedding and mm-hmm. one one thing that i thought was kind of cute which shows like that they do have a good relationship is that yeah she's like oh i really like this china he's like my grandma has china like that and so then the person who's helping them with the registry just goes, how many settings should I put it down for? And they both go, 10. Yeah. Because 8 is too few and 12 is too many, which is like, okay, yeah. well, not if you have a big family, but all right. Well, um, who are these friggin' wasps? With, like, dude, I don't know. Brothers. Anyway. Don't know. Um, but uh, I, I love that like, both of us have giant families. We're like, what What do you mean you have 10 place settings? Okay. Yeah. that's um, 10 is only enough for like half the people attending um 10, 10 is like a third for me like okay anyway but so in the meantime she's also kind of talking she's like half explaining what she was going through right. and this is something i love about nora efron movies it's, it is people kind of explaining how they feel in it's people talking to each other it's people having kind of honest conversations that are funny and interesting and well-written like, they are movie conversations. Like, they're not boring. They're maybe a little more flower, not flowery, but like maybe a little more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe they're a little more smart. I don't know. Than like the average person having. I mean, they're I, I don't witty. Know that she's, they're got, witty. she's got a very like witty repartee about like, her. Efron characters are a little more artic, are certainly more articulate than the average. Um, person and who but, could who could forget there's waiter there's too much pepper in my paprikash well that's just billy crystal but who could forget no one um <laughs> one, <laughs> but okay but so. I, what i like is that it's people is that nor ever in movies people have gone honest conversations about what they're feeling what they're thinking what they're like they're still the classic kind of like rom-com thing of like oh are they going to meet each other is this going to work out but it's also it's not without um you don't have to wait around a lot a long time for to figure out for someone to say how they feel is what i'm trying to say yeah it's the opposite of farce you never have to worry about what a nora efron character is thinking or feeling and you don't have to worry about them lying or deceiving someone else in a way that results in hijinks yeah. Um. And so, um, basically, Victor Garber, not Victor Garber. Oh my God, Walter, Bill Pullman. <sighs> Good night. Um. Yeah. So Bill Pullman finally there gives are lots, her a ring. In, in your defense, in your defense, there is a lot of like '90s dad, big brown sweater men in this. That's, so thank you. I'm gonna let you go. On thank that. you. Okay. So yeah, Bill Pullman. He gives finally Meg gives Ryan, her a ring, and it's mm-hmm. honestly beautiful. And. Then after that, when they're having dinner, she tells him the whole story. Yeah, about because they sit the down and she looks out the window and then there's the Empire State Building. And it's because it's Valentine's Day and they're mm-hmm. looking at the Empire State Building. And she realizes like, oh, what if he's there? And she's like, I have to tell you something. And he, she tells him the thing. And something that he says, he's like, hey, I love you, but let's put that aside. I don't want you to have to settle for me. And I also don't want to be someone someone settles for. Um, and they're just really nice to each other. They have, like, a very amicable breakup. Yeah, and, and I thought it was actually kind of powerful how open he is about his feelings. Yes, it was great. Oh, also, in the meantime, Jonah is obsessed with, like, I we got to go. Like, Jonah's friend, played by Gabby Hoffman, little Gabby Hoffman. Cutie patootie. Icon. Icon. Gabby Hoffman. I love Gabby Hoffman. Anyway, she's his his friend. Her parents are uh, travel agents. She gets him a ticket 
to New York. And so Jonah goes to New York to meet Annie <laughs> without By himself. His By himself. But also, remember, this is pre-9-11, so you could pretty much do anything at an airport. 1993, you could do whatever you wanted. Um, Yeah, if you were a child unescorted by an adult, they didn't give a shit. If you were a child in the 90s at an airport, they were like, obviously, you belong here. Obviously, tabs will take you wherever you want to go. No one will have the least bit of concern for your safety as a lone child. Like, look, we're starting the helicopter parent thing now in the 90s. However, it's not so much so that we're going to be like, oh, maybe my child. Yeah. Like at this point, children, children are special, but not special enough. We're, we're, we're special. We value you. We, you're allowed to have the world, but also why do you want so much? What's wrong with you? Yeah. And keep in Um, mind also, we were toddlers when this movie came out. I was two years old. We were two years old. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, and we were going on planes all the time. We were flying planes. 1993, Mel and I were both pilots. Were we certified? No. Did we have any accreditation? No. No. Did were I constantly doing... scream on every transatlantic flight I'd ever been on because I had constant ear infections? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Did my Did mom I- once get barred from her business class seat because the businessmen needed to sleep and then my dad had to, like, tell the flight attendant to stick it where the sun don't shine? Yes. Businessmen don't need to sleep. Well, they're not sleeping. They're all on coke. Well, yeah. I- I'm sorry. In 1992, the businessmen on a transatlantic flight are sleeping? Yeah. And fucking keep in mind, as if. As a flight to Russia. If. A flight to Russia, I'm so- no less. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> 1993, businessmen on a transatlantic flight to Russia are sleeping? As fucking if, dude. Oh, no, fully. Like, it was it was outrageous. But in fairness As to everyone if. else on the plane, I was a screamer. Like, okay. I would... My tiny little body couldn't handle the pressure because I had chronic ear infections. So whenever we would fly, which was frequent because we lived overseas during that time, like, right. fully... I'm sorry to everyone who was ever on a plane with me up until I was 10 years old. I was actually great on planes, and I never did anything bad ever, and I flew the plane. Wow. Isn't that funny how we're, like, the opposite as adults now? Like, you hate being on planes, and I don't give a shit. Yeah, you're like, uh, you could fall asleep on a plane, you get married on a plane, you can do whatever you want on a plane. I'm on a plane, I'm like, why are we here? I don't think God allowed this. When you're on a plane, you get drunk off of tequila and talk to the nice woman sitting next to you. Correct. <laughs> oh, Correct. Good times. Good times. Anyway, so <laughs> so Jonah flies to New York by himself. Jonah flies to New York Tom by Hanks himself. follows him. Follows him. Freaks out. Anyway, they get to Jonah's been at the Empire top of the Empire State Building, looking for Annie, waiting for Annie all day. Finally, Tom Hanks gets there and he grabs him. And he's like, "Do you know what? What? What if something happened to you?" Just losing his mind. And then he's also what I love. He expresses how upset and scared he is, but he also is like. Are we okay? Like, are you and I okay? Are we not doing what, like, kind of checks in with his kid of, like, what am I not providing for you? Like, have I been sort of neglecting you in a way? It's like a, he's checking in on his relationship with his son in a very sweet way. Yeah, um, I liked that. That I really appreciated. And anyway, as what you think they're going to miss each other, because um annie is meg ryan's going to the to empire state building she's not, they're not going to let her up and then she does they do let her up as jonah and sam are getting in the elevator to go down meg ryan walks up and she walks around no one's there and she's like oh god i'm so crazy and then she looks and there's a backpack it's it's jonah's backpack mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. jonah and sam coming in and then they see each other and meg ryan and Tom Hanks lock eyes and he's like, Oh, it's you. And she's like, Hi. And Jonah says, Are you Annie? She goes, yeah. And Tom Hanks says, You're you're Annie? And they just stare at each other. Oh and my I, god. Oh wa I was so <sighs> moved by this. I was oh, like, how, I and, almost and they cried hold during hands. this movie. I, me it too. Al- it almost got me, but you didn't, Nora. You didn't get me, you filthy bitch. I'm sorry. I, just no disrespect I, to Nora Ephron. I just hate crying. 
I um, think she may have passed. So especially no disrespect to Retina. Oh but. no, she's very dead. Um, oh god. Yeah. Uh, okay, we don't have to say very dead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just hate crying. So whenever movies almost make me cry, I'm like, nope, you didn't yeah. get me, motherfuckers. This movie got me a little bit. It was more, it was when um, there were multiple points where um, uh, they're talking about his mom. Uh, anyway, it's just, oof, Yeah, me. this is anyway, a really emotional um, movie. Ooh, this movie. But the ending, it's so sweet. And, and they don't even kiss. They just, no, he takes hold her hand. hands. He yeah. takes her hand, and then they go down the elevator together. The yeah, three of and they're them. just they're just staring at each other, and it's just really sweet. And I loved this movie. Melanie, would you recommend this movie? Yeah, absolutely, I, I loved this movie. Ten out of I ten. Ten out of ten. Empire State Buildings would go back and watch I, it again. I I would too. This is a very good movie, and it also really stars our queen. One. Meg Ryan. Yeah. Oh, something fun is because I watched this on Hulu. Um, you know how it immediately, as the, when the credits start rolling, and immediately starts like putting up ads for another movie in the same wheelhouse that you might want to watch. Yeah. What movie did it give you? Plus one. Oh, mine. It gave me Sweet Home Alabama. Oh well, what I thought was interesting is it was like, would you want to watch Plus One? Which I think we might watch. Should probably should watch for the pod. But Plus One stars Jack Quaid. It went right from mother to son. That's funny. I thought that's really cute that, that they're like, hey, cute. do you like Meg Ryan? How about her son? That's really cute. Aww. Yeah. I had to look up if he had been born when this movie was made. He was. Anyway, friend well, of yeah, the pod, he's Jack age. Quaid. Yeah, I love that I say friend of the pod. Not We don't know him. Melanie met him at a party once in college, but that's... He was friends with one him. of my friends. Oh, that's okay. That's pretty much it. But we don't know him now. Uh, he seems really perks nice. of going to NYU. I've met one of the Sprouse twins, and I think it was the jerky one uh, the, the, at the Starbucks. Down. The yeah, and um, <laughs> just we yeah. listen. When you go to NYU, you have to be prepared because a lot of famous people live in New York City. What barf. Okay. But anyway, I we both recommend this movie. Yes. Um, I think it was very romantic. Oh, very, very, very romantic. I thought this movie was very I, romantic. I didn't find it sexy. Did you think it was no. sexy? No, and it's not supposed to. No, 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 no. That's not what this movie... Yeah. This movie is not trying to... No, no, no. This movie is... That's not what this movie is for. I agree. Um, But I will say I had what? major hair envy for Meg Ryan. <gasps> Really beautiful. It's weird. I never see her with long hair. Me too. I loved it. She looked beautiful. She's and also so beautiful. like the She's way that so she beautiful. the way that she does her hair in this movie, like oh, I I want to do my hair like that. You would look great with that, honey. My hair is super long too right now. Yeah. So like if I got my bangs trimmed and actually put effort into my appearance, I would want to look like her. You would look great. Thank there you. is an outfit Rosie O'Donnell wears in this uh, at one point where I was like, "Ooh, work, bitch! You better." It was like a belt. It was like a big ninety. It was like a houndstooth skirt and a. Oh yeah, and she had like black so tights ni- and black pumps, and her hair yeah. was like short and cute. Work. It was like yeah. you better you better work uh, work. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, th- I I really enjoyed this movie. Um. Me too. Um. I. I We've got to play Fuck, Mary Kill, and I think I have one. Okay, because I was like, are there even enough people in this movie? There oh, are. Okay. Um, okay. okay. So, Fuck, Mary Kill, Tom Hanks, okay. Victor Garber, Bill Pullman. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is difficult. Because it is. It's extremely difficult. Three very thing. nice men. Very nice men. Two of which, though... Played so many like dads and father figures in movies I watched as children that I'm like, like the idea of being like me, I'm gonna make out with Tom Hanks or Bill Pullman is weird to me. I'm like, what? The idea no. of making out with Tom Hanks is weird to me too. Bill Pullman, That's weird. I made my feelings clear last year when we did while you were sleeping, and I stand you very by those much feelings. Did. You really did. Um, <laughs> you really did. Oh, this is this is a good one. I'm going to make love with Victor Garber. 
um, who I recently found out that in real life is a homosexual man. Congrats, Vic. I don't know why I outed <laughs> him like that. I meant it in terms of like fellow queer, but I was like, <laughs> did you know? And instead it sounded like it sounded like I was on the McCarthy team, like fucking why did I say it like that? I'm so sorry, Victor. Uh, a hunk. Anyway, I would make love with the Victor Cobra. Uh, um Ooh, this is hard. Sorry, do you have yours? Because I don't need I think I need more time. I don't know. Yeah. Do you know yours? I do. What would yeah. you do? Okay. I don't know um, what I'd do. Yeah, I'm well, I, I would kill Tom Hanks. Okay. I would marry Victor Garber because I think we'd have a great life together and be a power couple. Mm-hmm. And I would fuck Bill Pullman, hands down. Okay. I would. I think I would also kill Tom Hanks. I, I love Tom Hanks. I'd re- I'd love but if to spend in this scenario. With... No, I understand because I love him too. In this scenario, can't marry no. him, can't no. fuck him, so he has to die. I feel terrible. I love him. He'd be a wonderful father to our children, but like, I cannot make love with that man because I'm like, that's our father. That's our dad. Our father, Horton Hanks. Hanks yeah. be thy name. Um, I, I and I guess I would marry Bill Pullman. Um, and I would make love with Victor Garber. Huh. And we would we would make very good. I think we'd be very sexually compatible. Why? Because he's a gay man and wouldn't be interested no. in you? No, because I don't know why, but I get a good vibe and he's a hunk. He is That's a hunk. That's a hunk. In the context of this movie, if I'm also like an early 30s, 90s businesswoman and that's my husband, we are making love and it is quality love making. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't, I don't know why I'm, I feel so strongly about this. I don't either, but... In this movie, in this context, okay. I'm Rita Okay. <laughs> I don't know why this is so funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing funny has happened. Well, this anyway, took a turn. Um, I don't know. I think I'm like punch drunk, dude. I think I'm just like has I'm someone tired, been my you? dude. Okay, I think I meant tired. So <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just needed to make sure you were okay. No, I haven't been punched. Thank okay. God. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, this movie's great. I don't think it needs to be Giamatified. Giamatti would not. I don't think Giamatti would add anything to this. Uh, no, I, I don't think he would be. I, you know who I think he would be good as? Uh, um, Rosie O'Donnell is always talking about her Rick. Like Rick is like her husband or boyfriend <gasps> or whatever. That's right. He should be that Rick. That would be Paul Giamatti. Paul yes. Giamatti would be Rick. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I'm here for this. But I... I love this movie and I'd recommend it. And me I, too. I, me too. I got very. I did get teary eyed, and this is a great one. I love Nora Ephron. I'm glad we're back to watching. We gotta watch more stuff like this for the pod. Yeah, I know. We always Although, we we go through phases where we'll watch like a bunch of really good ones and then a bunch of really bad ones. <laughs> Although I do think it's time for another McConaughey. No. Come on. <laughs> I don't have the stamina right now. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we make on it. Well, let's, um, let's ask y'all. Okay, listeners. Let us yeah. know on our social media. You can Twitter us or Instagram us at HellNoCast. You can email us, HellNoCast at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, which is HellNoCast.com. Um, and let us know. Yeah. What do you think we should do next? We will we'll we'll put out some feelers on the gram too. But we yeah. love hearing from you. We love interacting with you. Your voices matter to us. So if you have any suggestions, let us know. Yeah. Um and another great way that you can support the pod is by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Um we post every week on Friday on Apple, Spotify, and Google, and your reviews really help us out. They really do. And we always appreciate you listening and interacting. And thank you so much for joining us on this fun, crazy time. <laughs> two wild and crazy gals. Uh, we two wild and crazy. We want to go to Empire State Building to get condoms. Um, Wasn't that a bit where they were like, we had to go to the Empire State Building to buy condoms to have sex with wild, crazy American foxes? I think so. Um, I don't remember that part, but... I think that sounds right. That checks out. I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, now that we've addressed 
that use protection these, everybody use protection unless the, you're trying to conceive in which case don't use protection these these two wild and crazy hot american foxes want you to um be safe and on that note this has been you had me at hell no <laughs> i have been Allie, <laughs> and i have been mel love you bye <laughs> bye you had me at hell no was recorded remotely in front of our pets roscoe and benny Allie and I want to thank Tiffer Hill for editing our podcast, putting up with all our shenanigans, and making us sound amazing. We would also like to thank Bella Vanek and Lucille Petty for writing our theme song. Thanks, Bella and Lucille. 